as the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong, because y'all are idiots. Oh, no. I'm new to the panda timeline here, so I that one's going to have to sit with me. I'm going to have to pray on that one. I know it's available, but why? There's so many other things available. First of all, it's artisanal, okay? I don't want to hear it. As the expert of the podcast and the boss. One of your hosts spent nine hours this week watching the Godfather series to atone for his <laughs> sins. What are you doing? Handsome Drew did as well. Are you Drew with the U? I'm Drew with the U. Why would oh, he be Drew? Problem. Obviously, oh, he's God. Drew with the U. Okay, my handsome Drew. <laughs> I don't spell my name with a U. What are you talking about? <sighs> What's wrong with you? Oh, I was not listening. <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening. Why? I don't know why you have to. I didn't trample on your panda. This is not the podcast you deserve. And welcome back to Not the Podcast You Deserve. We are your hosts. I, Drew Allen, am here with Drew Crawford and Kyle Cox. And with us again, our guest host, Austin Chandler. Thank you so much for joining us. We today are going to be presenting you our official list of the MCU rankings. Kyle, you are the master of ceremonies today. Take it away. The Drews ranked the MCU from 1 to 26. I did as well. Uh, that was pointed. That was put into a point value, and we were able to create the official rankings of the MCU. Austin Chandler is here today to uh, to give some crap for the list yeah, or to arbitrate. Agree. I guess I don't know. Yeah, we. Do. I think we need gonna, someone uh, outside the list I'm to call officiate. us on our stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. I I'm pretty mad that you did this in the background and then have kept this list to yourself for like yeah. two weeks. I yeah. am furious. I feel like I know more about you two now than you know about me, which is all we're really looking for is power in this world, and I know feeling. have power over you, over you both because I know how you rank the MCU, and you know one of you is very wrong. But uh, you'll see that in our rankings as we go forward. As someone who's only seen one season of Succession, I feel very out of my depth. (laughs) Wow. So let's just get started, guys. Uh, There are 26 movies in the MCU uh, before Spider-Man No Way Home's release. I understand this podcast will not be posted probably until after Spider-Man No Way Home is already out. Uh, So uh, deal with it. The movie's going to be in there somewhere. Uh, At number 26, the worst movie uh, in the MCU as told by not the podcast you deserve. Austin Chandler, would you like to guess? Well, I've never seen The Incredible Hulk starring... Uh, Edward Norton. Oh, Edward Norton? Oh! Uh, yeah, Eric Edward Norton. Donna? So, I mean, that's that's going to be my choice, but I don't think that's entirely Close. reasonable. Iron Man 3 comes in at number 26 such, for not yeah, the podcast. Such garbage. Absolutely. Such garbage. And part of the reason the, the reason I thought about you to, to be on our list as our guest is because I know oh, you like that so, movie. <laughs> so stupid of you. So stupid of all of you. Directed <sighs> by Shane Black. And you can tell it's directed by Shane Black because it's stupid, it's dumb, and it's not a good movie. That movie uh, sucks. And... <laughs> And I, I and I love Guy Pierce. I yeah. watch all of Guy Pierce's movies religiously and I root for him every time. I want everything he's in to be good. He's always a bad guy. Well, oh, no. and, for the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy Pierce, the man. I want Guy Pierce to be successful. And every time he's in a movie, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to see it. I bet it's going to be good. And I walk out, I'm like, ah, he'll get the next one. <laughs> he did he did get the next one it's what? called iron man three no way <laughs> and he's the weakest link in that movie 
There's a lot of weak links in that movie, obviously. That's true. That's the true. highest ranking it got from any of the three of us was number 24. Uh, coming in at 25 on our list is the aforementioned The Incredible Hulk uh, out in mm. 2008. I don't know if we need to spend too much time talking about The Incredible Hulk. I do think the movie isn't terrible. Uh, I think Edward Norton's fine. And I like to live Tyler. I, and the CGI is just so much and it's so bad. Hard to do a Hulk movie where your main actor... Like, everybody doesn't want to watch your main actor. They just want to see this giant CGI beast. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to pay, like, billions of dollars to get Edward Norton to just make grunt noises <laughs> in some studio. The only thing really of note, I think, from The Incredible Hulk um, is that this movie almost derailed the MCU because Edward Norton was apparently such a pain and, and made everybody rewrite the whole script and... When they were trying to put the Avengers together, they're like, we're, we can't do it with Edward Norton. We're not going to do it with Edward Norton. And so that's why they had to recast Mar- as uh, Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. That man gave up hundreds of millions of dollars because he, he had to have more control of yeah. the story. Unbelievable. When being an artist goes wrong is, is that right yeah. there. Enjoy your uh, illusionist money. That movie that came out about two months after the Prestige. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Mirror film. Like the exact same. It's another yours, mirror uh, film. Oh man. The uh, White Olympus House has fallen down. <laughs> One of my favorite films of all time. Mirror yeah. films. Coming at number twenty-four on our list is Thor: The Dark World, and I would just like a quick plug here. Yeah. During quarantine, I got we got our all our friends together, and I was like, guys, I just watched Thor: The Dark World again. It's really not that bad. I think we should all watch it. We all were in our respective homes and we all pressed play at the same time. And, uh, and about halfway through the movie, I was like, I think they're all really enjoying this. And then I remember getting a text from Austin going, this is bad. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You got a text from me later that said, I stopped watching and switched to Ragnarok. That's right. <laughs> I said, I gave it an honest try and I've moved on. The MCU in all of its glory. There are some, in some great writers, actors, directors, the, the, the duo Marcus and McFeely, who wrote the Captain America trilogy, who wrote Endgame and Infinity War, they, they also wrote this movie, Thor The Dark World. And that is just, I mean, that just shows you anybody can have a bad day and anybody can get better, I guess, you know? So that's, that was my takeaway from Thor The Dark they, World. They can't all be home runs, you know? Yeah. Uh, my, my thing is that this movie... This movie makes me think of like when the MCU was still taking itself like too seriously, like everything had to be so dramatic and they couldn't poke fun at stuff yet. And that was a movie that needed to be poked fun at. And they figured it out later with Thor's character that that's where Mm -hmm. he thrives. Coming in at number 23 on the list of the MCU ranking is Iron Man 2. Mickey Rourke so couldn't worse, even save So it. much worse than Iron Man 3. I can't believe, like, Iron Man 3 is only number 16 on my list. So it's not like I'm in love with it. But, like, Iron Man 2 is abysmal. It is a nightmare movie. A That's nightmare all I have to movie. say. That's all I have to say. We've got, like, the U.S. military showing up. And uh, Sam Rockwell yeah. who's usually cast as, like, the worst racist you've ever met. <laughs> He's in that movie. It's our first look at uh, Don Cheadle, though. So you get that going for it. And he wasn't super. <laughs> he wasn't super. No, that's a good point. Uh, but you got Patriot, you know, and Mickey Rourke throwing Mickey lightning Rourke. around or something. Yeah. Whiplash, uh, is that what was his name? Yeah. 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 With his parrot. Uh, is that like the only villain that they had rights to at that point? 
I that's actually probably fairly accurate. Although they could have made the Mandarin at that point. I'm still pretty sure because I'm because I'm thinking he gets a, at least the Ten Rings get a reference in the first Iron Man movie. But yeah, that's a good point. Marvel did not have the access to their characters at this point in time like they do today. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so that was number twenty three. Number twenty two on our list is Ant Man and the Wasp. And I'm not going to stand on the table for Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, I think, are great together. And it's a fun kind of palate cleanser from the normal MCU movies. That's what I was going to say is it seems low because, I mean, that movie, what I really loved is that if they had failed, the world wouldn't have died. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes it's nice when it's like, oh, if our heroes fail, like this person gets away with something (laughs) instead of like, 18 million people will die if yeah. Captain America can't punch a button on time. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love it. I'm just saying it was a nice reprieve, like you said. Isn't, just... isn't, the, isn't the kind of the main thing towards the end, them just trying to save Ghost, the one person, that they got to get yes. her the thing so that she doesn't redemption or whatever? And, yeah. yeah. And I appreciate that because the stakes honestly fit the superhero in that movie a little bit more. Uh, exactly. Like, Ant-Man is kind of a B superhero anyway. I know originally he's like the old Ant-Man as part of the uh, original Avengers or whatever, but mm-hmm. current Ant-Man is kind of like a, ah, hey, he can get small and stuff. <laughs> it's kind of really like, big. What, yeah, it's like what the Hawkeye show is doing now of like, hey, he shoots arrows and he's trying to save one little girl. Like, nah, mm-hmm. the stakes yeah. are lower uh, than you think they are. I think that's a great direction for them to go to put a palate cleanser in their 26 movies. Cause if you have 26 movies of people punching planets, it's going to get old, but it suffers in lists like this, that movie in particular, because you're comparing it to movies where the planet's at stake, like we've all said. And so when you try to rank them, it's really hard to rank that low level film above like infinity war or Endgame or, any other of the Avengers movies. It was cool that that movie came out after Infinity War and you got this really nice, fun movie that literally didn't talk about Infinity War until the post-credits, which was vital. Like, the post-credits is so important. I thought that was done really well of, like, just have fun, and then at the end, we'll give you, like, a very important little nugget. I was just about to say, it goes from End of Infinity War, everyone being snapped away into dust to the next movie, Paul Rudd is doing magic tricks at his own. <laughs> it's just like, wow, what are we doing? Love uh, Paul Rudd. Crowder is chasing him down in the street. Lo- yeah. Love Paul Rudd. He's an American treasure. And the hottest man alive. Or oh, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with that. I, I think he was just named sexiest man. Of, of I'm, alive. I know what I'm yeah. saying. I'm on board. Oh. Good job by them. <laughs> they did it. They got it right. You're saying. Okay. They nailed it. Coming in at number 21 on our list is the original Thor, which was directed. Who was that by directed Kenneth by? Branagh. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, directed by <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, starring little known, uh, little known actor Chris Hemsworth. Uh, here's trivia for you guys. Can anybody name the one movie you probably saw Chris Hemsworth in before Thor and you didn't know you saw Chris Hemsworth in? I mean, with such a lead up like that. I, yeah. Can you name the, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the one movie he did before Thor. I think he was in a bunch of Australian TV shows beforehand. Captain Kirk's dad on the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Star yeah. Trek that song that plays while he dies has been on yes. every like instrumental playlist I've ever made. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. That is, Everyone should go check it out. The, I remember being in the theater and like welling tears 
as this actor I've never seen before acted his heart out as he's he can't meet his son as he's born and his wife. He's getting his wife saving everybody and blowing himself up. Man, Chris Hemsworth. Who would have thought he'd make Thor Ragnarok after all that? Number 20 on our list no. is Marvel's 2021 wet fart of the year, Eternals. Wow. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe that it'd be Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's insane. It's a I know. good movie. It's a good Which movie. I actually thought it was pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, the majority of this podcast. <laughs> okay, just making sure. So, if for only, context, if only Drew, you got a vote. For and for context, right. Drew Crawford ranked this as the last movie in the MCU. He ranked it at twenty six. I put it at twenty three. Drew Allen put it at thirteen, which got it bumped all the way up to number Dear twenty. God. Where it now sits. I was happy with it. It did something different. It was a different take. Marvel hadn't done that before. And it I, did something Tom, different in that it sucked. What was different about it? <laughs> it was bad. On to uh, number 19. It wasn't bad. It was good. I, I did like, you know what I did like uniquely in that movie? I did appreciate that one of the heroes said, I actually don't want to do the big fight and I'm going to leave. Yeah. I appreciated that. It felt really unique that yeah. he was like, you know what? I'm a human being, but I'm also not. I'm out. I'm not on board with this plan. I'll see you. Yeah. Kyle. Why didn't your formula have weighted averages? It should have been able to throw out <laughs> outliers. <laughs> like Eternals being ranked 13. Yeah. I, that's not, on, if this is on anybody, it's not on me. Uh, you can blame math all you want, but that is uh, not the main I thing. always blame math. Almost for everything <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I'll fall on, on the uh, celestial sword. Austin, where did this rank for you? I'm sorry, did you already say? I've got it at 22 between uh, Thor 2011 and Iron Man 2 2010. Fair enough. Okay, at 19 comes Captain Marvel. And uh, we've talked about Mm. this briefly, but for whatever reason, uh, Brie Larson just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, it kind of felt like she was trying to be like Robert Downey Jr., like have that sarcastic kind of dry humor. And it just like didn't work because she wasn't charming. Like RDJ gets away with that because he's charming. And like Ryan Reynolds gets away with that because he's charming. And Brie Larson was just kind of like, I'm a cardboard cutout of Brie Larson. I was like, what are you doing? I don't know, am I alone in that? My problem with that movie is that it's the same thing I have problem with all the Superman movies. Like, I don't care because you don't, the stakes don't exist. What am I going to do? Punch it really hard? Yeah, you are. It's the Superman problem. You're just going to punch it really hard. I remember. I also just felt like her, her whole, it was hard to get, like you said, you meant, Kyle, you mentioned like, oh, she just wasn't charming. But like, I feel like, RDJ was charming initially because the character is pretty inherently charming. Mm-hmm. He's this he's this playboy with a millionaire. And like when you meet her, it's like, I am an alien warrior killing other aliens. Yeah. I don't have a memory. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I I'm not charmed. I don't know what <laughs> I, I've never experienced that. I haven't been through that. So it's harder for me to relate to it. Yeah. I'm not a millionaire either, but maybe. Next on the list, 18th is Ant-Man. Uh, and I feel like that's a respectable spot for Paul Rudd. I mean, you know, you're, it's not a, it's again, it's it's not going to be, the world is not at stake. And uh, it's a fun heist film. And uh, the bad guy I thought was really good, Darren Cross. Um, anybody got anything else to say about Ant-Man? I do, I do love it when Marvel makes like a genre mm-hmm. film with superheroes in it. Like that's just a fun take. And I do think Ant-Man is, like we've said, the palate cleanser of the, MCU. I have that one at nine. Really? 
I thought it was, I, I just thought it was enjoyable. Like, I just was like, you know what? I, I don't really care about what's going on, but I'm having fun. Yeah. And I have it at nine. Yeah. So I will say we're getting into a, a band of Marvel movies for me in the rankings that honestly, I could be swayed probably seven spots on any of the next several because we're getting into the like, hey, these are good movies and I enjoy them. And based on how I'm feeling on the day, I might put them a little bit higher or lower than the other ones. Uh, to me, Marvel has like an upper echelon of like, these are the most amazing movies I've ever seen. Then they have a bottom tier of like, man, I hate these and I don't want to ever watch them again. And then there's like this middle band of like, man, these are all really fun. And I would watch yeah. them just depending on what's going on. That perfectly describes the next one for me, which is number 17. And that is 2016's Doctor Strange. Yeah. I, I don't know how to feel That's about That's my number movie. 17. Yeah. That is my number 17. I feel it's like fine. it's a it's good fun. movie. Yeah, it's fun. Cool visuals, I guess. Benedict Cumberbatch is awesome. But at the end of the day, like I just didn't, I do not want to turn it on again and watch it again. And I don't know why. That is a very interesting villain battle. If you, I mean, we, Kyle and I have discussed this so many times about the yeah. MCU of villains are probably their weakest point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot of villains where their goal is destroy. And it's like, oh, where did you come from? Evil land. Like, <laughs> I'm evil. I'm big. I'm strong. Um, I have the exact and same and powers are, as the superhero does. But I I'm have mad. the same powers. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's very rare that you get an interesting, like, I'm going to outsmart you. Yeah. I'm not going to outpunch you. I'm going to, like, outsmart you. And it's, they don't have the same powers. Like, it's like this time, this evil dark entity. And he's like, all right, I'm a human man with a clock. and to be fair he does not share powers with that villain but 98 percent of the movie is just wizards good and bad doing circles with their hands and shooting stuff at each other and a lot of circles with hands so like i think that's that's kind of where it falls for me so i i view dr strange kind of like as i view the hulk now that they are interesting characters and fun but they do best in joint movies like mm-hmm. with other heroes you know coalescing storylines like i'm really excited for the new spider-man movie teaming up with dr strange and seeing mm-hmm. them work together uh kind of like they or figured against out, each other whoa uh and i'm excited you know they figured out the same thing with mark ruffalo and the hulk like hey edward norton as his own hulk movie didn't work let's put hulk in other movies like with thor and wow he's awesome uh, that the character is yeah. really fun because he doesn't have to carry it by himself. And I think Doctor Strange is the same way. And in his next movie, I mean, it's it's rumored that there's like other several other characters from the MCU in the Doctor Strange sequel. So yeah. it's like they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like let's tie in uh, Scarlet Witch and stuff. Yep, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, coming in at 16 on our list, and I I think this one's going to be a hot button topic. So everybody, strap in. Number 16, Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, I would like to say first and foremost that I enjoy this movie. I really like it. I ranked Age of Ultron at number 11, just outside the top 10. And I realize I'm probably alone in that in the world because Drew Crawford, whose list is very similar to mine, was at 18 and Drew Allen was at 17. And I don't understand the hate for this movie. Um, So somebody tell me, why did y'all not like... Kyle, I've got got this at 10. Yeah, okay. I really... I think this movie is great. It's a fantastic film. The, the dialogue scenes are fun yep. and funny. I, I mean, there's some, 
it's a great movie. The scene when they're at the party and they're trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Golly, yes, that's, that's one of the best scenes in the whole MCU, in my opinion. And the the intro's fun. You've got those mm-hmm. slow motion shots of them in the forest. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting movie. I, I I think I didn't like it when it came out. I probably would have named it like 24, but I've rewatched it several times since. And I, I every time I like it a little bit more. So was it the was it Ultron for you guys or what what's up? Why don't you like this movie? Or part of this movie suffers because I've I've heard stories of the the act the voice actor for Ultron being really hard to work James with. James Spader. James Spader, yeah. And so that kind of puts like a little uh, a bad taste in my mouth when I watch because his his performance is incredible. Like that man is super talented, but the fact that he's not fun to work with kind of I don't know. It kind of spoils it a little bit. But I think one of the main things is that this movie starts an arc. Uh, in the MCU that I don't really like, like the things that they deal with from here on forward is like the the results of the city and like the Avengers get blamed for like everything that happened. And I get super upset like through all of that because they saved, like they stopped, they saved the world, the planet, and then they get blamed and they have to deal with a lot of fallout. And I get that, but it just, it starts dealing with all this politics that stem from it. I don't know. And maybe that kind of affects the way I view this movie as a whole. I think that a lot of people didn't like that movie. This is my assumption is because Tony created Ultron. I think a lot of people don't like the fact that they, because cre- every superhero movie is about the, the superhero essentially creating the villain by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, Iron Man is about, Obadiah Stane being like, well, I also want an iron suit. I mean, that always happens. But in this one, it's really like on the nose of like, I made this thing. And yes, they did save the world, but it also killed quite a few people mm-hmm. as as they attempted to save the world. So I do, I feel like that's probably where the disconnect is, where people are kind of like, I don't know if I want to watch them solve their own problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say for me personally, this goes right back into what I was talking about earlier with it's right in that band of, I like it, but I don't love it. And I think probably the reason I put it a little bit lower on my list was that uh, probably recency bias, if I'm being honest, Uh, Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at giant group movies like Avengers, age of Ultron, infinity war in game it's not as good as infinity war and in game. And it didn't make me feel the like, initial oh my god this is amazing like the original avengers did and so it kind of slid down the list for me just from an emotional standpoint uh which probably isn't fair because i'll say i do love james spader i think he's a a fantastic actor whether he's nice or not I, i think he's fun to watch um and then i do think there was some fun dialogue and some fun action scenes in it and then but also to austin's point i think one of the things that turns me off is the creation of ultron by Tony seems a little forced. And I get that it's, they, it, there's a lot going on in this movie and they don't have a lot of time to build up to it, but it seems like Tony decides in 30 seconds, I'm going to make this thing. And people are like, maybe you shouldn't. He's like, oh, already did it. And it's like, oh, okay. I actually really like that scene with Tony and Bruce Banner when like Tony's trying to convince Bruce to like help him do it. And Bruce is like, what are you talking about? No, we're, we're not going to do that. And I think it's funny that like the one person before Spider-Man who makes the most pop culture references, like couldn't see how this was going to end. <laughs> like, it, yeah. A la Terminator. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's interesting that he was the one who couldn't. If I can pitch this movie to you guys for real for one second, this is the 11th movie made in the MCU. And it set up not only Scarlet Witch's storyline and arc, but it also set up 
the Avengers Infinity War and everything that's in between. And Civil War. In Civil yeah. War, it starts the it starts the break between Tony and uh, and Steve, and it starts the the arc of Tony's the space. Something from space is coming, and I've got to figure out a way to save everybody. Um, it gives you vision. I think I think that movie's got a lot of really fun scenes, and maybe not necessarily overall character arcs because I think the the robot that's got a very personal voice is interesting and I didn't <laughs> like that about it. Have you ever seen the TV show <laughs> Avengers? The might Avengers might Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They yeah. do an Ultron uh, arc, and it is the scariest, most terrifying thing I've ever seen because Ultron is just robot voice, <laughs> and it is just robot voice being like, "And I have determined." It is time for you to die. It's just like, oh my god, that's so much scarier than James Spader making weird dad jokes about Tony. Um, it was very moody. Mm-hmm. Ultron was very moody, yeah. and it was kind of like I thought your whole thing was that you emotionist, yep. like you you've calculated that the human race is a poison, but you're all like, I have to destroy, and you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, easy. What I was gonna say though is, I think I like that movie now. Like Drew said, it's not as as good as Infinity War Endgame, which like, uh, of course it's not, yeah, but sorry. Now, that those, now that those movies have come out, I think it's far better because you do have the arcs, like Cap and Iron Man's arcs both make the MCU so much stronger in mm-hmm. hindsight. And that's exactly like you said, Kyle, like it's the first time Tony was like, hey, I've been to space. I saw the ship. Like yeah. none of you saw this giant ship that I saw. And we got to do something about this. Yeah. And no one's listening to me. And if that wasn't a heated enough debate for you guys, coming at number 15, and I've got beef about this, is Captain America the First Avenger, which I had ranked as number eight in my list. I freaking love that movie. That movie is a great American story of a little kid from Brooklyn who just wants to, he, he doesn't like bullies. And he, he just, just won't wants quit. to, he wants to protect everybody. He can and, do this all yeah, day. I've got that. Yeah, he takes that steroids. That at 20. Good God. My list. My, so you ranked at 20. Crawford ranked at 19. <laughs> Drew Allen ranked at 18. Yes. I had it in the top 10. And I don't get you guys. Do y'all hate America? Kyle, you cannot see this movie clearly because you have grown up the biggest Captain America fan I know. Uh, you you cannot view this movie objectively. You're tainted, and that's okay. It's a great story. It's guys. not. It's. it's I actually movie. think it's. I think it's. I think it's a fantastic American story because what it is is the story of someone getting a beautiful, unique power, and then the American military yes. saying, "Can you do marketing for us? <laughs> yes. Can you do marketing with your big, strong muscles instead of actually using them to solve a problem?" It's that's a good point. It is a, you know what? I'll move it up. I'll move it up just, <laughs> just because you're right. It is a very American story I for just, him to not even get to use his powers for 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> for the, it's 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 the first period film that Marvel did. Uh, I mean, I don't know, dude. That's a great movie. Y'all are wrong and stupid. I'm right. I love that you just it's, called it a period film. I don't know what constitutes a period film. I thought it meant that it was about that period, but it, maybe it just means you're in that period. You're in the 40s. I think it's the most comic booky of the MCU movies. Like That's a good point. Uh, the 14th movie on our list is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And okay. uh, I think that's fitting. Good movie. It was, that was a Russell. good movie. Yeah. So fun. Good sequel. Sad that Yondu died. but uh, Yeah. Know. I mean, you will always have the Mary Poppins line. I mean, that was a iconic <laughs> MCU line. I do love the emotion when he, he says, you look like Mary Poppins. And he says, 
is he is cool? cool? And he laughs, but then he kind of looks at him and he's like, yeah, he is cool. And you're like, all right. Hell, I, hell yeah. That line. And then my other favorite line is him going, you can make whatever you want. And he goes, oh, I'm going to make some weird shit. I'm gonna make some weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> Chris Pratt's yeah, great. In that that's movie. so good. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number 13 and number 12, respectively. Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. Interesting. These are back to back to me. Uh, and also interesting that you guys liked these movies way more than I did. Uh, Kyle, what were your rankings for these? What were your personal rankings? I had Homecoming at 17 and I had Far From Home at 14. I've got, I've got home, Far From Home at 19 and Homecoming at 15. I didn't think these movies were very good. Yeah. I thought they were fine. I think like, they're whatever. okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I thought Far From Home was, was pretty close to bad. Like it was riding the line. Homecoming I thought was good, but both of them are about Spider-Man cleaning up Tony Stark's mess. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired of it. So yeah, Kyle, say. You, you have my list in front of you, I think, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I liked Homecoming a lot more than I liked Far From Home. I feel like Far From Home was a little bit farther down there for me. You had six and 12, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Homecoming, I really liked Homecoming a lot. I thought it was fun. Six? Yeah, it was really right. good. I, I really liked Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I love that he's he finally looks like a child, unlike uh, Sam yes. Raimi's yeah. Spider-Man. I like that he's a good actor, unlike every other Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. Spider-Man 2 is one of the best superhero movies ever made. Agreed. I like that it's fun, that it, it it's, feels like a teenage movie set in, like we were talking about with Ant-Man. Like You like when they make a uh, genre film inside of it. This is a genre teenage coming of age movie inside yep. the MCU, and that speaks to me. I love teenage coming of age movies. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. I, I, I'm going to take full blame for for ballooning up Far From Home up in my list. I really enjoy Mysterio specifically as a villain, and the yeah. fact that they were able to bring him to the screen without making me throw up with That's all fair. of the CGI was truly incredible. Thirteen, Homecoming, twelve, Far From Home which brings us to number 11, which was Shang-Chi. And we all had this ranked right around the 10 area. I had nine, Drew at 13, the other Drew at 10. Uh, Austin, how did you feel about that movie? I haven't seen it. That's what I was, I was going to ask oh. you. You all put it at around 10. Is it, it's that good? I really enjoyed it. I really, I thought it was one of the better origin great. stories um, that the MCU's done. And, I, and of a character right. I knew very little about going into. And they made me care about him. And I thought he was great. Uh, Simu Lee, is that it? Uh, Drew yeah. Allen, you're usually... I think so. Usually no pronunciations of things besides monster. Okay, well, that's just hurtful. And uh, We talked about Shang-Chi, actually, not a, about a few episodes ago, so we could probably keep going. Yeah, but it, it's another genre film. I think they do a mm-hmm. really great job, and the soundtrack is incredible. Coming in at number 10 on Not the Podcast He Deserves rankings of the MCU movies. Top 10, top 10. Marvel's The Avengers, and I think that that's a fitting spot. I feel like I feel like 10 is a good spot for that. It deserves to be in the top 10 because it is the first time you've seen anything like this happen before on screen. And it's, it does, it will not hold up against infinity war and Endgame in a head to head battle, but it was awesome for the time. The circle shot is one of the most iconic scenes in the MCU. And it's really hard to top that. When that score comes in. Oh yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. Oh like you have to give this movie they, the respect it deserves. And I'll always hold this movie very special in my heart because of uh because of you two. I mean, oh that's I, right. 
Crawford. We drove to we, Lubbock to watch it with you. We drove to Lubbock and then Drew stole my keys so I couldn't go to formal uh, with Kate Vanderhoos, I think was her name. Shout and, out. Uh, shout out. I hope she's shout listening. Out, shout out. Kate, Kate, if you're listening, I miss you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah. We, we all saw that together. Yeah. Great. I will say this movie made it up in my list just purely for nostalgic reasons. I, I appreciate what it did for the MCU as the first team up movie, but also just nothing will beat that first time I sat in a theater at midnight and watched it with my best friends. I was like, this is mm-hmm. it. We've made it. This is the pinnacle yeah. of cinema. Yeah. Nirvana. We found it. Uh, I will point out that you ranked this at 11 and drew Allen ranked it at 14. So the fact that it is number six for me is really what, what anchored this thing into the top. I've 10. got it. I've got it at eight. Yeah. So we're, we're really across the board on that one. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Uh, and number me. nine, <laughs> not me. Number nine, Black Panther, the only MCU movie that I'm aware of that's won an Academy Award. I actually feel pretty positive about that. Uh, Ryan Coogler film, enjoyed it. That movie is about the most advanced technological country in human history. And you know how you become king? You just got to beat up the other king enough. All you got to do is punch him real hard. Bare knuckle brawl. hand-to-hand combat. Where where one of them will take a potion so that he's not that strong anymore. Yeah. That that element of the movie, I think, dropped it down like six spots for me. Before we move on from this, I would like to say I had many coworkers who would make fun of me for my love of Marvel around this time. One specifically who'd come and be like, My favorite Marvel movie's Batman. I love him. And he knew he'd say that just to make me mad. Uh, and when Black Panther came out, he got his family together. And went and saw it at like midnight. And I think I think Black Panther opened up the MCU to a lot of different people that originally did not give a darn about the MCU. And because it put the first black lead character as a as a superhero, I guess the first since Blade, but the first big movie that uh, had come out. So I think that is where uh, I, I got to really see cool. it a lot in the people in my life that were didn't give a rat's butt about MCU. All of a sudden they're in. And they they were fired up about it. And I thought that was cool to see. It was it was very cool seeing that movie and being like, I can't understand what it's like to go see every superhero movie ever and see a white guy yeah. if I'm black. And then one day I finally get to see somebody who's really cool and the villains really cool. Like everyone in this movie is the same skin color as me and I'm having an awesome time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big reason that I put it high, not just because of that, but because I remember leaving the theater, like you said, and looking around and being like, there are a lot of people in here that probably have not even seen an MCU movie before, but ha- but came to because they were like, yeah, this yeah. is awesome. I'm having so much fun. When, when so, Dwayne, after Dwayne saw the movie, he, I remember him coming to my office and he's like, man, that was awesome. He's like, is Black Panther in these other movies? I was like, not yet. He goes, okay, I'm not going to watch it. I was like, all right. I thought I had to. <laughs> all right. But I will let you know when he comes back. Uh, so yeah, that's that comes in at number nine for us, Black Panther. Number eight, Black Widow. I thought this was ranked extremely high. Uh, I had it at 10. Crawford had it at 10. Jerron had it at nine. Really solid flick. And uh, good, not, not an origin story. And not necessarily a sequel, a mid-quel, prequel something. But it was a good flick. I enjoyed it. I thought the action was great. And they did Taskmaster very yeah. interestingly. I was worried about how they were going to do Taskmaster and mm-hmm. uh, was pleasantly surprised because I was like, okay, yeah, that's a hard character that to yeah. take from a comic book page mm-hmm. because he doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. 
uh, on, on screen and they did it pretty well. And I had a good time. And more importantly, I appreciated that they made a movie that, Hey, you know what? It doesn't have to have a 30 movie arc to make mm-hmm. like, you just made a one-off and mm-hmm. that's fine. And I was happy to just turn it on once, had a good time, turned it off, went about my day. Florence Pugh introduction. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The Red Guardian with mm-hmm. uh, David uh, Harbour. Stra- yeah, David Harbour, Stranger Things mm-hmm. it is, was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Rachel Weiss was phenomenal. Like, well, she always is. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Florence Pugh, phenomenal. Uh, it was just a really, really good, well done movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it lots. Number seven on our list Iron Man, the original, the first. Yeah. The first MCU movie. Oh, well, yeah. Talk about it lots. Changed the game forever, though. And then Nick Fury coming in, end credit. That was a game changer for all of us. Kyle, yeah. what, was your, what was your ranking? Because you don't it, like that one that much. I had it at 12. I had it at 12. I have it at six. Gwyneth Paltrow in that movie is absolutely terrible. She might be the worst yeah. actress of all time in that movie. That might be the worst. But is she worse in Iron Man 3? I don't know. She might just be bad. Uh, I don't know. No <laughs> one's bad in Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is an interesting movie. They, just, they tried their best. What I will I think say about their it. best. I think the same way well, about it, Eternals. Different. I mean, so Kyle has always said to me, like, well, Austin, that movie sucks because they remove everything that's Iron Man about Iron Man. And I'm like, well, that's why I like it. That's what I find interesting about it. But we don't have to talk about that. Everybody here hates Iron Man 3. <laughs> what I like about Iron Man, I've said this before, is that like when the MCU started, they had Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. You got to remember before like before these movies came out, we didn't care about those superheroes mm-hmm. very much on a cinema scale. So they had to make really good movies like Iron Man. When that came out, the broad public did not care about Iron Man. Oh, absolutely. That much. So I think that it's very cool that they were able to, because I remember when that came out, everyone was like, Oh, you're going to want to check this out because it's actually really good and, and fun. And I, and I was like, really and it was i mean it was just a fun interesting movie that i and i knew nothing about the character at the time mm-hmm. i i can't yeah. i can't wait to be furious about the, the top three <laughs> i i'm gonna be so angry i can't wait coming in at number six james gunn's guardian of the galaxy guardians of okay. the galaxy really love this movie chris yeah. pratt who knew funny guy from parks and rec who knew mm-hmm. i think this movie has so many great curveballs and and everybody talks about the the soundtrack and mm-hmm. this took a C level uh, hero team that like, to be honest, I consider myself kind of a comic book guy and I hadn't, I knew nothing about these people at all. And then this yeah. movie came out and was like, I got to know more now coming at number five, Captain America, civil war. One of the greatest movies ever made because not only it's the Russo brothers, second movie in the MCU, but they introduce Spider-Man fan favorite, out of nowhere, they introduce Black Panther, who becomes a fan mm-hmm. favorite. Out of nowhere, they make the two heroes that you love the most fight each other almost to the death, and and it all works with a great uh, villain who is not super powered evil guy who just wants to kill everybody. It's mm-hmm. Baron Zemo, and he's just pissed that that Tony Stark killed his family. <laughs> you said this is number five. Yes. Yes, that's where and we're at. Right triple now. check. Yes, five. I mean, that's good. I mean, it's still in the top five, but I mean, this is a phenomenal film. This is, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I would say it's a perfect film. Mm-hmm. And, and you know this, 
Kyle, you know that leading up to this movie, I was so furious yeah. that it was coming out. Yeah. Because I, I just loved Tony so much. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want them to fight with each other. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows this. My parents once got divorced, so I didn't want to see <laughs> Captain America and Iron Man fight. Your cinematic parents. Yeah. My two cinematic parents, and uh, it was phenomenal. I have it at number two. I can't believe it's number five on this list. Number three for me. So I'm with you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, great, fantastic movie. I think it's always interesting. I mean, we've talked about the villains and uh, I, I love the villains where it's, they're so unmatched and Zemo is a human being. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he, he won. I mean, that's the crazy thing win. about that's That's what's so great about, I mean, no, that's not what's so great about Civil War. Civil War is amazing. That's one thing that's really cool about Civil War. He won. I mean, as as much as Black Panther caught him and like put him mm-hmm. in jail and stuff, like he succeeded in tearing the Avengers apart yep. after Sokovia. And, so. and uh, if you remember when this movie was coming out, the marketing for it, like you were just sure either Steve or Tony was going to die. And like, it, I remember in that scene when they're at the bunker thing and Steve raises up his shield mm. to like crush him. I remember like standing up like out of my chair being like, oh my gosh. And he just breaks the arc reactor. And I was just like, oh, I, 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 that you don't get feelings like that in very many movies. Fortunately for us and the listener of this podcast, the only other times you really do are the ones that are still on the list um, that we have yet to talk about. Um, So moving on from number five, which was civil war is number four, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which before we get into that, all three of us ranked it as the number four best movie in the MCU. I don't know what that says about us as people or human beings, um, but the greatest spy movie of all time, hands down, not even close. It's the best spy movie ever. And Number four? Number four? Mm-hmm. Number four. Yeah. What, right on. Is that your first? Is that ranked number one for you? Yeah, that's number one for me. That's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie, man. Really. I like just it. think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah. And I totally, I know what, I know what goes ahead of it. I know what three movies are going to be ahead of Winter Soldier. I just think it's a perfect movie. There's really not any problems with it. And it, it's not some overarching, got to tie in 17 yep. different movies and stuff. Yep. It is a standalone movie. And it is a movie where the last time you saw this character, he was wearing a ridiculous star spangled outfit helmet with little ear hole things in it. And then the movie opens up and he is in, he is jumping out of a plane and he is kicking people in the face and he's got a sweet suit on. And like, it's just like, whoa, total tone shift. Russo brothers, first MCU project. And this exactly. is, this is where the MCU takes its turn to being, to going from, Oh, these are good movies. I love that they're intertwined to no, these are really well done movies. Mm-hmm. These are, these are great movies by themselves. Yeah. That's, that's the movie where I'll say like, you can see the Russo's directing and the fighting, like, it's very engaging, very low CGI, or at least if it is CGI, you can't tell. Like, it's very interesting, and uh, it's it's good for Cap's arc because before then he's just like, "God bless the United mm-hmm. States of America," and I will punch anyone who doesn't agree. And uh, no, I mean I, I love that movie. Kyle knows this, Drew, Drew knows this, but I love that it challenges Cap to be like. No, I love the ideals that I stand for, but I don't love what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and I don't support it. So, great movie. The easiest thing for them to have done in that movie 
was to continue Captain America as the world's best soldier and him, mm. you know, doing whatever to fight the new Nazis or whatever. The mm. fact that the Russo brothers and Marcus and McFeely and Kevin Feige said, what if we flip this character entirely upside down and made him fight the country that in the comic books, he's always uh, pretty much endlessly followed until they get to civil war. Um, was really, really cool. To me, I would hate the character if it weren't for that movie. Like it, it turned yeah. it around of him. Very being like, necessary. No, I, I stand for freedom and justice mm. and equality. Like all of these things that America supposedly stands for, but doesn't always stand for both in real life or in movies. And I think that it was just so well done of yeah. separating him from, I'm the Captain America who goes on a sideshow during World War II. And I'm the Captain America who actually stands for what I believe this country should and could be. Yeah. And I, that's why I love that. That's why that movie's number one for me on mine. Yeah, I'll say that it in my mind, it really redeemed the period piece of Captain America, the first Avenger. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I do think it is a huge tone shift and a great way. Like in the first Avenger, they're trying to figure out how to do comic book movies. And then in the Russo brothers for this one, they're like, what if we just made a good movie? And you can go mm-hmm. from a from like a, a pretty decent a Marvel movie to one of the better Marvel movies mm-hmm. with a great character. Yeah. And then uh, I think we all know the top three. Number three is Thor Ragnarok. Number two, mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War. And number one, Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame and Infinity War were separated by one point. So uh, I think it's, we've talked a lot about all three of these kind of as we've encompassed it. Um, does anybody have anything they just are dying to say about Thor Ragnarok? Other yeah. than Taika Waititi is awesome. Terrible villain. One of the worst villains Grandmaster? in the MCU. In, no, no, Ragnarok? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Hela. Oh, okay. Oh, Hela. Yeah. Okay. See, Crawford that loves the only, I mean, He drafted what? him her number is... one overall in his fantasy villain league. That was for a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> do, not, do not take my I fantasy have... draft out of context here. If you want to know what we're talking about, we did a super villain fantasy draft early on in the podcast. Go listen to that episode. I, I totally I think won. I remember hearing some of totally this. I, my number five were Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, Civil War, Winter Soldier mm-hmm. number one. I think Ragnarok would be number one if Hela weren't such a weak. She is the weakest villain that I can think of. That's Her thing is, I am the goddess of death mm-hmm. and I love killing. I'm obsessed with killing. Guess what I can make at any time? A knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One single knife. Well, she, so that's my note. That's, she does that's hail down like a million sword things at one point in time to kill all the Valkyries. Well, knives. Know. I would call them big knives, but you know. <laughs> okay. okay. I will say as far as, you know, we I've talked about it before on the podcast, my criteria of, of a good movie, rewatchability, quotability, things like that. Thor Ragnarok to me lands highest of all the movies on that. Yeah. Uh, I could turn mm-hmm. it on at any sure. point. It's, it's funny. It's entertaining. It's engaging. You don't have to love everything about the MCU to just have a good time watching that movie. Yeah. Whereas like infinity war and Endgame, you have to have the story arcs going into it to really get the most out of it. That movie you could throw onto just your neighbor coming over and they'll probably enjoy it. And it's mm-hmm. also probably the most quotable movie uh, of all of them just like the one-liner zingers in and out yeah. it, it it's it's great i i love it if it's i do call it i do call ragnarok my comfort food of mm-hmm. the ncu yeah of like i i have watched that movie maybe five times just while working just i'm yeah. not having a great day i'm kind of stressed let me just throw this on in the background while i do whatever it is so 
I completely agree. It is just a fun movie that you don't have to think too much mm-hmm. about. And that's why it's still my number uh, five. So, I mean, it's up there. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really good point. And uh, I would like to spend the rest of this time talking about is Endgame a better movie than Infinity War? Or does Endgame just give you everything you needed and wanted? Uh, because I am under the impression that Infinity War has some of the coolest scenes ever. Thor's entrance scene was awesome. Captain America's entrance scene was was great behind the train. Um, it is, the pacing in that movie is unbelievable. It is half mile per hour down the highway the whole time. It is, and it's a movie that's not even shot in the point of view of the heroes you've seen for 18 movies. It's mm-hmm. shot to the point of view of Thanos for 75% of it. Um, and Thanos is an awesome bad guy. He kills Loki in the first 30 seconds of this movie. Yeah. It is just chaos. And I think from a pacing standpoint, I think from just a, like every scene is beautiful and amazing and wh- what it, what leads up to it, how it gets to the final battle. Um, the fact that you don't see Tony and Steve together at any point in time, there's two very different stories happening and they all climax at the same time. Uh, I think Infinity War is a better movie than Endgame because Endgame's pacing is ridiculous at times. Like they spend five minutes watching yeah. fat Thor, like just walk around and kind of thinks like <laughs> loath self-loathing. Fat, fat Thor takes a lot away from Endgame, like a lot. Yeah. And people don't really talk about this a lot because it's like, whatever. It was, it was a joke that would have been funny for two seconds, but instead they spend the whole movie at one point. Rhodey says, he goes, you know what's coursing through my veins? And Rhodey, a human man, is like, cheese whiz. And it's like, dude, chill. This guy has lost everything in the world. He's lost everyone he's ever loved. And you're like, hey, you're fat now. And uh, man, I do think that's subtracted a lot from Endgame. I, I like, think the pace of game is ridiculous. It's there awful. are some parts where you're just like, what are, we, what are we doing? In the last movie, we saw half the people we love die. This movie, we're we're visiting Tony on a ranch, and we're like, what what's going on? <laughs> He's making milkshakes. Like, what are we doing here? I I will say, I think you're right. The the pacing in Endgame is is sporadic. I think I interpreted that kind of as a way of them representing everyone dealing with the blip in a different way. Uh, every like, some people wanted to get away and live a quiet, slow life. Some people wanted like some people became Ronin and started murdering everyone in sight. Some people got slothful and fat and some people woke up to the blip and couldn't figure out what was happening like Ant-Man. So I, in that way, I kind of appreciated that the pacing changed depending on who the character was in that moment Mm -hmm. uh, that, that you were seeing the lens through. I would like that. But even when they get to like the time travel part, it's like anytime Nebula was on the screen or even a lot of the Hawkeye and Black Widow stuff, I was just, I would probably skip through a lot of that if I were watching it at home just to get to the part where Captain America catches Thor's hammer. And that alone <laughs> would bring it to the top two films That's, on my list. I think Avengers Endgame for me will always be my favorite in the MCU, regardless of what happens next, because of Cap finally getting to say Avengers Assemble and, yeah. and Portals playing and that song was so amazing. And that's the perfect shot. Like people should stop making movies because they did it. They made the perfect shot. And, but, but 
I, that scene alone carries it ahead of Infinity War for me, which doesn't make sense because Infinity War is a better movie. Yeah. But I will never get that feeling back. I had the first time seeing that scene. I could not agree with you more, Kyle. The idea of making a movie that was, what if we do the hero's journey, but for Thanos? Yeah, that is incredible. spectacular. I mean, such a good idea because he's such a not interesting villain. I mean, truthfully. If you, if you really just think like, all right, he's big, he's tall, he's strong, and he wants to kill 50% of everyone. And it's like, who cares? But they took Infinity War and they used it to make you really understand and like care about this character. But like you said, Kyle, in-game just, I think, not even just the moments in in-game. I mean, there are some incredible moments, but just the, I, there's this element of like, we lost. Mm. What will we do? Now that we've lost, we've never lost before. Yeah. But beyond that, I, I love Endgame because it kind of deals with this sadness and grief that the characters are dealing with. Of like, we failed, like we lost to this guy, and even though we killed him, we still failed. Mm-hmm. And I think that will always be yeah. very interesting uh, for Endgame, which is why it goes a little bit above Infinity War for me. Yeah, I'll say the payoff that you get from Endgame is unmatched for me emotionally. Just like you're right, Kyle, I heard everything you said in that, in that initial intro and you're right. Infinity war is a better movie. I hadn't thought about it in that perspective before, but yeah, if I'm grading it cinematically, yep, it wins, mm-hmm. but emotionally in game wins. Every time the payoff I got from that movie was existential. And I will go, I saw it like four times the first week it came out because I was like, please, I was chasing the dragon. I was like, give me that moment back (laughs) again. I I would would share one moment. And I remember if you guys remember the first time you saw in game in theaters, uh, opening night for me, I remember I was sitting with my dad and with my brother and we saw the original Iron Man movie together. And I remember that being a big thing for that point in time. We also saw the original Spider-Man movie together years before that. Uh, but I remember being in the theater and being with my dad and my brother, something that's kind of had for us to talk about for the last you know, 10 years. Um, and then I remember seeing you know, a couple rows in front of us was a younger dad, mid thirties, probably with his kid who looked like he was about you know, nine or 10. And I was like, man, that is so cool that two different families that are separated by you know, 20 years or whatever are going to be having the same kind of conversations that I get to have with my dad now and my brother now and my friends now, you know, it's not many, very many friend groups. I think that would text each other at two in the morning because they just finished Thor Ragnarok for the ninth time. And we noticed something different. And I think that might be the perfect kind of love letter to the MCU that are these dumb movies about superheroes? Sure. Absolutely. They are. But is it's, it's something that drives a connection between people and between people of all ages and all genders and all races and it's it sounds dumb but it is something that brings people together and it is so so cool to be able to talk to you guys about that and to make a stupid ranking list and to get mad at each other about how bad the eternals sucked (laughs) and uh and and uh and have fun because we know that we're going to get another movie here in four days and we get to do this all over again we get to re-rake our list and we should catch up in the next 10 years and see how our list has changed and uh and you know what, what we're doing now with our MCU rankings. Um, but man, guys, I had so much fun talking with you guys about the MCU. I don't know that we've all probably got similar stories to how we got started in the MCU. And, and I would encourage you, podcast co-host and listener, 
to reach out to somebody that you saw your first Marvel movie with or whoever you were with the first time you saw Endgame or, you know, whatever memory it is, because we all have memories linked to these some way, shape or form. Um, and man, we're just lucky to be alive in this time. And we don't have to watch Richard Donner's 1978 Superman and see <laughs> the strings in the background that's holding him up and being like, God, this is the best we're going to get. You know, we, we saw Cap catch Thor's hammer and it doesn't get better. Than Whoa, that. that was the best. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. Hey, Kyle, will you read the list off one more time? Just just capsulate it up for us. Maybe bottom to top. Iron Man 3, Incredible Hulk, Thor the Dark World, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor, Eternals, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America the First Avenger, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel's The Avengers, Black Panther, Black Widow, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Civil War, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, and finally Avengers Endgame. Thank you all for listening. This has been Not the Podcast You Deserve.